This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Thursday, the 2nd of February, 2023. I am Stephen Scott. Coming up today, Marco Flalo is back with us as we talk all about Samsung's first big event of 2023. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your host, Stephen Scott. Hey, everybody. Yeah, just you and me today. We are here once again, and we're talking tech as we do on AMI-audio and on podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Also, thank you for downloading and subscribing, and thank you for emailing, sending in your feedback and sending in those voicemails as well. Email feedback at doubletaponair.com or call one 803 4567 if you want to give us your thoughts on the subjects we are discussing. We do discuss quite a lot here on the show, so I know sometimes some of you are struggling to keep up, to think, hang on, what? I'll, I'll comment on this and I'll comment on that, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to uh, to comment on what you can. Um, today we're going to focus on Samsung. We'll get to your feedback later, uh, I promise, but uh, first up we're going to be talking about Samsung. I actually caught up with Marco Flalo last night, uh, he's on the move, travelling for his work as he does, and uh, he joined me to talk about his uh, thoughts on the Samsung Unpacked event, the first for 2023. Not from his usual place in Montreal, but in fact, from Florida. Hi, Stephen. How are you? Do I sound horrible? No, you don't sound horrible at all. Now, obviously, you're not in your usual place in Montreal, where we hear you from and you join us from. Uh, so tell people where you are and uh, what you're doing there. I'm in Sunrise, Florida, which is um, kind of like uh, about 40 minutes, maybe 20 minutes inland from the east coast of Florida. So not on the beach, more in the residential type area. I am uh, here to do some coverage for the NHL All-Star Weekend festivities, which are kicking off tomorrow. And I'm at an Airbnb, a hollow Airbnb, because there's six of us coming down, and there were no hotels to be found anywhere. <laughs> so I'm literally at a dining room table in a home that's not mine, uh, waiting for the air conditioning to slowly cool down, because the temperature difference between home when I left this morning and here is 60 degrees Celsius. Wow. It's a little bit... Uh, it's a little bit crazy, but uh, I'm yeah. enjoying it. And and I got off a plane just in time to read all the news about the Galaxy Unpacked event, hearing all about the new Galaxy S23, the Galaxy Book 3. I mean, lots of stuff that announced that I'm still catching up on, to be perfectly honest, but uh, happy to hear be here and talk to you about it. Well, I'm glad you are, because you can unpack this, get it, with us uh, as we unpack the Samsung event. So let's do that. And, you know, I have to ask, is it is it just another round of new devices? Well, yeah, there's new devices. I think, I think really the summary of it, Stephen, and I had this conversation with Dave Brown earlier this week, is that um, software is what's really making experiences change these days. Yes. It's not about the hardware anymore. Like, the hardware... Software is still catching up to the hardware. It hasn't yet surpassed it, so we don't really need the latest and greatest processors. Yet we have the latest Snapdragon, you know, eight Gen two chips, more battery efficient. Um, you know, a two hundred megapixel camera. Okay, I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, what was the previous record? Was a hundred megapixels? I think in the last. Yeah, count? we hit a hundred megapixel, not two hundred. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. Like I've got DSLRs with sixty megapixels, and that's absolutely insane. I don't. I don't know what on earth you're going to do with two hundred megapixels on a camera. It's just. It's just. Uh, it's getting a little bit comical. Yeah, I think that's partly because it—it's it, not really like you say. It's the software that's driving the innovation. So you know, a smartphone is using its brain to create the best images. I guess the number of megapixels helps, but truthfully, it's the brain, it's the computational power, it's the artificial intelligence that's making the pictures pop when they you know come from a smartphone compared to say a DSLR. Yeah, I mean, really, this is why I think AI technology is what excites me more and if we need more processing power to do it then then great but mm -hmm. let, me, let me recap some of the details here just to okay. get some of those things out of the way so we've got a new s23 ultra which is their their high-end flagship starting with 256 gigs of storage uh 11.99 price point us dollars so we don't know canadian dollars yet you can pre-order a device today and it ships on february 17th for a couple so a couple of weeks away then you've got the s23 and the s23 plus which really honestly look like the s23 ultra this time around the no more camera bump. Um, you've got a floating camera design instead. So mm -hmm. the little bumps instead of a big camera bump. 
Um, you know, they're not as powerful as the Ultra, but but they, you know, they, they still got to pack a punch with a good with a good Snapdragon processor. <laughs> yeah. Pricing starts at seven ninety nine, and uh, the Plus is model at nine ninety nine. Both again available for pre order. But I think honestly, and, and we can talk about a lot of stuff, but I think the Galaxy Book Three is what everybody's going to be talking about because this is honestly, it looks like a MacBook Air. Yeah, this is a laptop, right? So this is I did I did laugh. I saw someone on Twitter saying today or maybe yesterday, actually, saying uh, apparently uh, Samsung will be introducing new foldable computers. So I said, yeah, that's called a laptop. Yeah, <laughs> We've exactly. already got those. That's already a thing. Um, but yeah, these these are the... And actually, do you know, I've, I've been hands-on with some of these Samsung devices. And look, I have to say this. There is one thing for sure about their devices. They are sexy, oh, they yeah. feel good, and they are well-built. Well, I mean, we're talking about a beautiful kind of aluminum design, like a dark gray material um, or space gray. <laughs> uh, mm. Intel Core i7 <laughs> or i9 processors, NVIDIA RTX 4050 or 4070 graphics, 16 inches, so a 2880 by 1800, 120 hertz OLED display. Wow. How much do you think that weighs? 3.9 pounds, mm. and it's just over half an inch thick. Starting price, $23.99 US. No release date yet, though. But there's more. There's also a Galaxy Book 3 Pro and a 3 Pro 360. They're basically just upgrades from the previous years. The 360 has that screen that folds over to the back. Okay. Um, these all come, you know, in a 14-inch model and a 16-inch model. The 360 comes in just 16 inches, um, all upgraded with 13-gen uh, core processors. And, and the funniest thing about all this, really, is that, you know, everything in Samsung's world is either their own operating system or, or, uh, or Android, and this is all Windows. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad about that. I am glad about that. But they are good. I mean, I, I tried the, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was the original Samsung Galaxy book. And I was so impressed by the design and the style. Um, and, and, and you know, function as well. Because sometimes some of these companies, and Samsung are known for this, and we'll, we're going to talk about this in a minute. But there's always an elephant in the room when it comes to Samsung. And that is that they do their own tweaks to the software. Now, not so much with Windows, but obviously they can add a lot of bloatware to Windows, which can be a problem. There are issues on Android, which I'll talk about later. But when it comes to it, you know, the, the thing about the Samsung Galaxy Book devices is they are well built, the technology is good, the hardware is good inside them, and not many issues. I haven't heard a lot of complaints about the Samsung Galaxy Books at all, actually. I know there's been issues with phones in the past, not so much with these. No, I agree. And I think, they, listen, the design is beautiful. I really, it's all about, it really does come come to the design when it comes to the laptops because you can't talk about the software because it's windows, right? Yeah. You know what windows is, you know what you're getting. So it does come to the design. And I think when it comes to a windows computer, this is not the most expensive windows computer we've seen. It's got incredible specs. Um, it's got new fast charging capabilities and anchor announced some new fast chargers that go along with it um, across the board on the phones and on the, on the, on the computers themselves. They're sexy, good-looking devices. And, you know, with 120 hertz, like these are almost gaming-level machines. These can compete with the MacBook Pros of the world, and they are designed more like a MacBook Air. And it's interesting that they're going after that market, isn't it? Because, you know, the MacBook Air is one of the most popular devices that, in terms of computers, that Mac or Apple sells. So it's no surprise they're looking for a Windows equivalent. And I think the, the interesting thing will be here how it works with those new Intel chips. Because, of course, it's all about the heat. <laughs> As we all know with Intel, yeah. you know, you can fry an egg sometimes on the lid of these laptops, and that's not great for a user experience, especially in a laptop. So any news yet? Have you had anything about these new 13th gen chips from Intel? Is there any sense that they've managed to get the, the heat problems under control? All they've talked about was extended battery life and performance. They have not talked about the heat. Um, so I am curious. A lot mm. of the times when they don't talk about something, there's a reason <laughs> they don't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, there is another, uh, and again, you know, we've seen the, the rise of the MacBook Pro over time and, and more and more people are getting into it, even people who aren't necessarily pros. They just want to have the power behind them. And Samsung have clearly taken notice of this. They're taking aim at Apple here because they've also got the new Galaxy Book Ultra. I love the use of the word Ultra in this. I all seem to be using the same words. And this is the new updated, this is the, the bigger machine, which is very much for those creative professionals, those people who really need that extra power. And of course, you're talking Intel i7, even Intel i9 processors going to be in this as well. That's quite interesting. And under four pounds. Amazing, right? <laughs> I mean, that's under four pounds and a, and, a, and, a, and a price point starting at twenty three ninety nine. 
that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. You know, because you can go nuts and you can create a lot of you can you can spec out these machines sometimes to incredible incredible heights, and this is not the case of this one. I do, I, I do look at some of these with, you know, I'm a, I am a Windows guy. I mean, I do use Mac, but I, interestingly, with my phone, I'm Apple all the way. When it comes to computers, I've drifted back to the the world of Windows, and I think for me, what I've noticed is that we're at a point where the amount of processing power available to us is more than enough. <laughs> Really, we. I think we're at a point where most people, if they were buying a computer today, there's nowhere you can really go wrong. And when it comes to this lineup, especially, there is no way you, you can go wrong. Frankly, even just buying the base model of the, the of the Galaxy Book lineup. Right? Well, no, and that's and that's and that's something to that, and that, and that's you know what people are paying attention to. It's mm. funny as we're talking here because we're covering this almost real time. I got an actually yeah an email with a summary about it from the Canadian perspective. Mm. Um, let me see here. So the Galaxy S twenty three series. You can pre-order starting now at samsung.com slash CA. Um, February 17th, going to be available Phantom Black, Cream, Green, and Lavender. Ooh. The S23 regular is going to start for the 128 gig model, 1099 256 is 1179 For the S23 Plus, it starts at 256 gigs for 1399 and 1599 depending on the storage you want. And the Ultra starting at 1649 and eighteen eighty nine. We're 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 on iPhone territory here, man. Yeah, if not yeah. worse, you know. And Samsung um, do have cheaper devices. I mean, you don't have to go down this route. There is the A range, which gives you, you know, decent power. And for a lot of people, I know a lot of blind people who actually, if they do prefer to go down the Samsung route, as many or some do, when it comes to Android, they will go down the A route because you get a cheaper device. Uh, you don't get all the bells and whistles, but you do get some decent power in there. Oftentimes, it's the screen you lose out on. And when you're blind, who cares? So, you know, that's a, that's an important point. However, I will say this, and I've said this often on this show, that when it comes to people who are, have low vision, people who will use the screen and who will really benefit, I I would stake my reputation on saying that Samsung phones have the best screens, the professional ones, the, or the, the more powerful ones, the more expensive ones. They have better screens, and they have probably the best screens. Well, yeah, I think they keep there. the screens. They keep the good screens for themselves. Yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> they, sell, they sell the other ones to, <laughs> to everybody else. But you're right. I mean, they they have fantastic screens on them, and when you use things like magnification or large text, you know, you're really getting a great image. Now, I must admit, I can't test this as much as I used to, uh, but I did mention software earlier on these devices, and the one problem that we are noticing more and more with Samsung devices and this is irrelevant to which you know version or, or whatever it is it doesn't matter whether it's the a range or the latest range is the fact that they're clearly tweaking the software this is what people do this is what companies can do with android they can take it they can skin it they can make it look a certain way they can make it behave a certain way and that does have impacts now samsung you might remember had a, a deal with google a number of years ago where they partnered to work together to improve TalkBack. Samsung had done a lot of work on improving TalkBack on their own side. They actually developed their own version of TalkBack. And what they've done is, in a way, they have kind of improved in some ways. They've improved TalkBack. And in other ways, they've kind of made it worse. Because what they've done is they've taken a lot of great ideas and they've put them into it. But what they've done is they've taken a lot of Android's new features out or they haven't implemented them in yet. Uh-uh. So you have a situation where you buy a Samsung phone today versus a Google Pixel 6a, right? Which I would maybe yeah. put as a, maybe maybe seven Pixel 7 Pro is a fairer comparison for some of these new devices. But whatever one you pick, when you buy those devices, if you put them side by side and you turn them both on and you put TalkBack on, what you will get is Samsung's version of TalkBack on your Samsung device, which has okay. lesser capability than what you'll get on Google's well, any of Google's devices, six A onwards. Um, so you know there is a there is an issue there for blind people when it comes to choice around the right device and the kind of talkback experience you want. So I think for talkback users, I'd be a little bit hesitant to okay. rush out. However, it depends on what you like. You might prefer yeah. the, the talkback version. You know, and the great thing is you can go onto the Android, uh, was it Google Play Store, and you can go and uh, you know try it out there first. But, you know, it's just important to know the facts, right? Know what's what you're going to get when you buy it. Oh, no, totally. 
Totally. I listen. I think these are good devices. I think they're going to be really cool. I'm looking mm. forward to playing with them because there's definitely, you know, definitely some benefits here. Um, and and we'll get hopefully get them in our hands in the next in the next month or so. I mean, we never really get them. They're not very quick getting us stuff firsthand, but we'll definitely get them sooner than later. There was another story in all this. I don't know if you got a chance to catch because I know you've been on the on the move today. But <laughs> this is interesting. So apparently, uh, they are working with Qualcomm and Google. It's a Samsung to do something interesting with XR. Uh, so okay. apparently they're going to be putting together a, a new type. So what it says here, um, uh, essentially an AR-VR team-up. Um, but they're saying that they're going to create this new spatial internet. This is what they're calling it. So that the Samsung, <laughs> that, Google, call is that a way for the, Is that a new way to call it the metaverse? I think, that's, that- <laughs> I think they're really trying to find another way of saying metaverse, yes. Um, I don't really understand this, although I will say there's been no products released yet or even suggestions. No, but they are saying that they, they're officially saying uh, we're coming out with a device to compete with apple i love how they do that before they even <laughs> before apple even announces anything it's so, so great it's as if they know it's coming right they've probably uh, samsung are probably providing the they're screens just like for us. it <laughs> they're just like us yeah they, they're, they're watching the rumors like us when's this device going to come out we really want to check it out so we can copy it <laughs> it's interesting though to think that they're going to go down this route but then it's not a surprise is it the metaverse it seems to be where companies want to take us it's the next level of the internet well they're betting big on the people who have a lot of money to put behind it and who are putting them a lot of money behind it like the you know, mark zuckerberg's of the world the question whether or not it's actually going to uh, manifest itself into something that we actually start using on a daily basis. I really don't know. The devices themselves never seem to change, despite the endless talk about metaverse and whatever else, right? The actual devices that people are buying today haven't changed that much. And even if you look at CES and you see all these wonderful new designs for laptops and you have, you know, dual screen and half the screen is a keyboard and all that stuff, it never really seems to make it out there and become saleable. And I wonder if it's just because people don't want it. They want physical keyboards. You know, they want their devices as they are. It's going to take a bit of a mind shift, isn't it, to get people into the idea of wearing a headset all day and that is your computing experience. Well, that's why I think that the whole excitement around a pair of actual just regular glasses or sunglasses, you know, this passive experience that just really provides, you know, help to you when you need it, how you need it, and you could choose to toggle it on or off, makes sense. But let's also remember that, the you know, not the entirety of the world wears glasses all the time. Mm-hmm. So how are those people going to experience that kind of same same thing? And maybe maybe the maybe the answer here is maybe it's maybe it's uh, audio. Maybe audio is the answer here. I don't know. I really don't know. I think this is going to be interesting to follow. You uh, you try a lot of different devices. You you have the the joy of trying you know devices from Huawei and many others and in the Android space. What has been your experience of Samsung compared to those? Um, there's definitely quality. I mean, the quote, Samsung really puts out great, great devices. There's no question about it. It's always cutting edge, great devices. I really enjoy the interface. I don't find it too, you know, cumbersome. Some people don't like Samsung's, you know, take on Android, but I think it's, it's always a pleasant experience. Their screens are just mind blowing, Mm. absolutely mind blowing, but I'm not an Android person. So that's, that's the problem there, you know, because I'm not an Android person, I don't use it to its fullest capacity on the computer side of things. Great builds, great devices. These guys innovate, you know, we had, we had them on last season in in an exclusive with, you know, direct from HQ in Korea and they have a big commitment to accessibility, which we're excited about and we're always championing. So uh, I think the company is definitely a great rival for Apple out there. They have pushed the envelope. Competition is so healthy and it helps really push people to where things need to be. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. You did go through a little bit of a, a period of considering switching, didn't you? Because you did go I always over. go through it. <laughs> I always No, I do. I do. I get annoyed because you know what? Because of the one-year cycle with iPhones, you get bored. Yeah. You get bored with technology, so you want to try something new. So something comes out, you know, like now the S23 devices, the iPhone just came out three months ago. You know, we've just been getting used to this, and now there's a new device coming out. We're like, hmm, I want to try, I want to play with this. And especially when we get bored of what we have now. So I'm I'm always um, I'm always curious about other companies and what they're doing. And, you know, lately I've also been carrying two devices with me just to just to mix things up and really try to get used to some other platforms and see what cameras are like. And right now I'm, I'm actually rocking two iPhones, funny enough, just to see what the differences are um, on the Plus versus just the Pros. So um, I, I'm excited about it. 
And does customization appeal to you? Because obviously one of the joys of Android is you can pretty much customize it any way you like, even, even you know, the home screen, whatever it is. I'd I'd you can do more of that. Even, but. You know what I do? I throw in the closest thing that resembles an iPhone interface. <laughs> I, I, did, I did see someone put on, I think it was like a wind. Remember the Windows phone? Yeah, the Windows phone. I love that Windows phone. Oh, those were great phones. The, those were amazing phones. It was no, Nokia, wasn't it? Thanks. One of those companies behind it. And uh, yeah, it was just such a fantastic design. It's interesting, isn't it, that Android and Google are still the two leaders. And the, in that space, there are so many different companies who vie essentially for the same user. Yeah, they try and they also don't, also, don't, don't always necessarily do it. Like you look at... Look at LG, who's now stopped. You know, they're no longer mm. they're no longer doing phones. They just say, you know what? What's the point? They're doing it well. Let let them do it. Let them go do their thing. So it's interesting to see how it evolves. But there's always going to be new players. There's the nothing phone, which uh, you know it's small, small but mighty. Um, so yeah. What about the uh, Lenovo Think Phone? You got to buy one I'd of those. Like, I'd like to try it. I'll <laughs> tell you that for sure. I don't have high hopes, but I'd like to try it. It sounds like a great idea because I love my ThinkPads. I think ThinkPad computers are, are the best machines ever built, and I know I can drop it down a flight they of stairs are. and it you will know survive. What? I loved my ThinkPad. I really miss my – I had one of the first ThinkPads that had a uh, – it wasn't even LTE at the time. It was an edge modem in it that you can connect to the internet oh, wow. from anywhere. It wasn't the easiest thing in the world. You'd think it would just be online. You had to connect and enter credentials, and it was funny. But, of course, that was me just being me saying, oh, I need to have the latest gadget. <laughs> I, I must admit they, they are fantastic but we we know one thing for sure that when we want to you know actually drop this phone on you know down the toilet or whatever it'll survive exactly. it will survive that's <laughs> what i'm always looking forward to making sure my phone survives <laughs> so you are in florida for the week uh which means you're not with us in the weekend edition we're geeking out this weekend mark on the Ooh. home pod Oh, I enjoy that. I haven't had, a, I had my hands on it yet. Now, try to get to an Apple store right here. Apple stores in the U.S. tend to have more fun little gizmos and gadgets. They mm. do a much better job at showcasing some of their partners that are making products out there. So I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to that a bit. Yeah, but the, the HomePod conversation we're having this weekend, I think, is possibly one of the most in-depth you're going to hear anywhere. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, and this is from a listener, Greg Hayes, who got in touch with me to say, ditch the echoes. The HomePod is all you need. Really? Now, if that's not, if you don't want to listen to that, I don't know what's wrong with you. Because honestly, I, I, want, that, I, want, that is... I want to know how he's doing it. I'm also trying really hard to get ChatGPT tied into Siri. I know people have been doing it and they've shown demonstrations, but I haven't quite mastered it yet. When I do, I'm going to figure out what I can do with it. And that's something that's coming up in that interview with Greg on Saturday, because he talks about using shortcuts. and. Okay. I think this is the the interesting bit. A lot of people will complain that Siri doesn't do as much because it's not as capable and it's not, you know, it doesn't have all the information or the capability to get the information. But there are things you can do through shortcuts that can enable Siri to do a lot more than you imagine it can. Yeah. And there's things he's been doing. I'll give you a little bit of uh, an insight with his television. Okay. Which is are things you might not think you can do with a HomePod. Can you, can is, you talk about it on the radio? We're going to talk about it all Saturday. <laughs> I look forward to it immensely. It is going to be fun. Um, but listen, have fun in Florida. Um, have a, What do you have down there? P- pina colada? Is that a thing? Anything cold, because it's, as I said, 50 degrees Celsius. Uh, a lot a lot warmer here than it is at home. Uh, Mark, listen, have a great day. Uh, have a great time. And we'll catch you back on uh, Double Tap soon. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Now, did you get a chance to catch the event? If you did, then let us know your thoughts. You can email us feedback at doubletaponair.com or call and leave us a voicemail on one 803 4567 Lots more of your comments coming up next on a wider range of topics on the way here on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. You know, I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on the Samsung event. You know, it's like I was saying to Mark, you know, the there does seem to be a shift towards new types of devices moving away from the traditional rectangular phone screen and the traditional laptop with a keyboard and all that. But I don't know how popular they actually will be. 
And, and, and this idea of wandering around with a, a, a pair of glasses on, with, you know, avatars coming to life in front of you, is that really where we want to be? I say all this and then I realise in 10 years that's all we'll be doing. <laughs> that will be our life. But, you know, and I know that obviously from my point of view and certainly from our point of view, it's all about, well, okay, how accessible will it be and will we be, we, will we be included in that? I think the honest answer is yes. Because I think we've been included in a lot. Okay, you can argue the individual, you know, challenges we have with oh, there's a voiceover bug here and there's a problem there. I get all that. The individual little problems that that can create problems. I get that they are real issues. But overall, we are included. You can pick up any device from Samsung or LG or Motorola or Apple. You know, any computer, any Windows computer, any Chromebook. Any MacBook, you can pick any of them up and they're all accessible to you. So in terms of accessibility, it's already baked into these companies' design. It's built into their DNA. So going forward, when I hear about a new product like the Metaverse, you know, or whatever Google's version of it will be called, or, you know, Facebook in the Metaverse or Apple in the Metaverse, whatever it is, I do feel quietly confident. And I say that deliberately. I feel quietly confident that we will be included in that. So... That's the good news, I think. I certainly hope so. I know there's lots of great projects going on around the world that are pushing that. So that's one thing. But I, I suppose the bigger question for me is, do we even want this? But I think we have to see application, don't we? We have to see what it's going to look like, what it's going to do. Um, anyway, back on planet Earth and some real issues that people are having and some real thoughts people are having on, on equipment that's available today. The Blind Shell has... Uh, We've been talking, of course, about the updates and the new Zoom app that's been added on there, among others. Uh, Darren has been in touch on voicemail to share his thoughts. Hello, this is Darren Flat from Bexley in Kent. Just a couple of comments. Um, regarding the Blind Shell Classic 2, um, another app that's recently been added is BBC Sounds. Um, I oh. heard on an interview done by Cobalt Systems that apparently Blind Shell isn't Android, it's Linux. That's only what I heard from Cobalt Systems. So, yeah, I don't, <laughs> apparently it's Linux. And also, the one thing I really wish that Blind Shell would do, in fact, there's a couple. One is we're still running Google Lookout version 2. And I know there's version 3 if you're an Android user, but as of today... I think it's the 1st of February. Um, we haven't had version 3 yet. Um, I hope that comes soon um, because I'll, I'm keen to try and see if it's any better than version 2. And also, one other thing that it doesn't have, which the Smart Vision 3 mobile phone has. I know you did a review of the Smart Vision 2, but the Smart Vision 3 is an upgrade to that. I believe it's got things like wireless charging. I don't know whether it's 5G. Mm, okay. um, but the one thing that I believe the Smart Vision has that Blind Shell doesn't yet is GPS navigation. Yes, you can find out where you are, but you don't have full GPS uh, facilities yet. Um, so those are the the main thing I would like is the Google Lookout version 3. Um, I can't use the Arcs Vision because I haven't got the headset and I'm a bit low to spend all that money on it until I know a bit more about it. Because um, it those things aren't cheap, as, as you just said on your uh, podcast. Um, until next time, this is Darren saying bye for now. Thank you very much. Bye. No, thank you, Darren. I really appreciate you uh, calling in. One eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven is the listener number if you want to uh, get involved in the show. And it's easier to just leave a voicemail, as often it is these days, let's be honest. Uh, I know it might feel a bit old-fashioned, but not to my audience. Not old-fashioned here. I like that. I like that we still use voicemails. It's nice to actually get a voicemail. You never get them in real life anymore. Um but yes, uh, to your point. So my understanding is that Blindshell Classic is built on Android. Uh, I don't think it's built on Linux. Maybe the maybe the original version was. There was a Blindshell Classic 1, which you don't really hear about at all anymore. I mean, I think you can maybe still buy it. I don't know. But, you know, the, really the focus is on the Classic 2. 
that is definitely built on Android because all the applications are essentially ported over and rebuilt, you know, out of the App Store into what is the, you know, the the Google Play Store equivalent on Blindshell. So it is, from my understanding, built off Android and built on that. Maybe there's a, a, a some kind of other work going on in the background. I don't know. But you bring up an interesting point about Google Lookout. Um, it does, and this is often the challenge I think these companies are going to have because they're doing this, because they're taking the original app that's out there in the App Store and Google, in this case, Google Lookout app on the App Store. Because they're taking that and they're kind of redeveloping it for the blind shell. And if you go back in our archives and our podcast, you'll you'll hear an interview with Barry Asman talking from Blindshell USA about this. And and we, we have asked actually Blindshell to come on and they will do this in the future. We'll get one of their developers on and maybe get a bit you know a, a bit of a deeper dive into how this actually works because I'm kind of fascinated how they do that. How do they actually port that app over? I mean, I'm sure it isn't that technical to them, but to me it's fascinating. <laughs> I just want to know how they do it. But of course the problem there is that when an update comes to that app it will take time for them to implement that change because I guess they would have to re-engineer what they've done, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking absolute garbage. Not the first time, but that certainly would be my reading of this. If you're having to port the app in and then they update the app, then you would imagine they're going to have to, you know, bring in the changes and that will take time. So that's one of the the downsides, I guess. But... um, it's one of those devices that it does seem to capture people's imaginations. And it's, it's of course, the, the evolution of it will never be quick enough for all of us. You know, and it's interesting you mentioned the Minivision 3. We are hoping to get a demo of that soon. Michael Babcock is working on that for us. When he gets his hands on it, we will have a demonstration to play you. Uh, and we're really looking forward to getting him on to, to talk about that. But, yeah, that would be interesting. 5G and wireless charging. I mean, kind of feels like almost futuristic to hear about that from a specialist device, right? But you have Victor Reader Stream. You know, having Bluetooth, uh, not Bluetooth, uh, wireless charging and uh, and all that jazz. Uh, speaking of uh, humanware, by the way, just while I remember, humanware will be with us tomorrow on Friday's episode. They will be with us to tell us all about the new Victor Reader stream. Yeah, they've reached out and they will be on the show. So lots and lots of your questions, I'm sure, will flow from that. Um, but we'll hopefully get a lot of the answers on tomorrow's show. Looking forward to that. So humanware will be joining me. Uh, it's the UK team who are going to be coming on. Uh, Matthew Paquette, I think is the guy's name. He's going to be joining me uh, tomorrow on the show, so do check that out. And now, staying on the subject of the Blind Shell Classic, Kay has been in touch by voicemail. Hi, my name is Kay, and I would like to know this. I, th- I think it's great that the Blind Shell is doing all this great stuff. I have one. And Zoom, Bard, Lady A, all the stuff, but they can't get their speakerphone working. Come on. That's one of the first things. <laughs> you don't need to have an app to have a speakerphone, and their speakerphone is not working. I just don't get it. It's been, I've had my phone over a year, and it's still not working. Now, I don't want to be a total complainer because I have my blind shell attached to my hip. It's with me wherever I go. I use it all the time. But the thing that I can't use is the speakerphone. And today I needed to use it, and I couldn't. It is terrible. I'm going to try this. Hello. Is my speakerphone working right now? I have no idea what I sound like. But I know when I talk to my friends when I'm on speakerphone, they say, Kay, you sound terrible. Or maybe I do even when I'm not on speakerphone. But anyway, I love my blind shell, but please, please get it together. Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay, well, there you go. Uh, If blind shell are listening, and we'll certainly pass that comment on to them. Uh, hopefully that's something that can be rectified. Maybe one of our listeners knows the answer to this. Is there something that needs to happen? I mean, in terms of your audio quality, if you were calling me there on that blind shell phone, I, I think that audio quality is pretty good, to be perfectly honest. That's just my take on it, but it sounded pretty good to me. So, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what uh, blind shell have got to say, what you've got to say. I know Darren is a user of the 
a blind show we've just heard from. Uh, so maybe you will have an answer to that one, Darren. You can let me know, let us all know. Thank you for that, Kay. Thank you for calling in. Uh, let's go to Gordon, who sent us an email. Laura reads our emails. Hi, Stephen. Thank you so much for mentioning the latest update to Seeing AI. I tried out the indoor navigation immediately. This was in my house rather than a new environment, so I knew there was little chance of me getting lost if the app didn't work. Having said that, I have got lost in my home once before, so maybe I should set up several routes to make sure I can find my way to the fridge. Anyway, (laughs) some initial thoughts. First, I forgot to turn on the lights, but once I got that sorted, the setup was very straightforward. However, I did get rather dizzy turning in circles to let the camera scan my starting point surroundings. I suspect I'd have had some funny looks from other people if I'd had to do that in public. It's also not the sort of thing you can set up in a hurry, and I presume other people need to be out of the way in case they confuse the scan. Once I'd set my route, I was able to follow it fairly easily, and I can confirm that the spatial audio feedback worked with my Bose frames, Anchor Soundcore frames, and even my cheap Oho Sunshine frames, Mm. although the sound quality on those last ones isn't great. Mm. It worked pretty well although I suppose a real test would come in a strange environment. On that point, though, one disappointing thing about this is that once you've created a route, you cannot follow it in reverse direction. So you need to walk the route twice, once in each direction, and save them separately. I suppose it will depend on each individual's use case for the app as to whether that is a problem or not. It does mean, though, that if you are visiting an unfamiliar building for a one-off event, you can't set up a route from the main entrance to your inside destination then use the app to find your way back out again. I'm not sure how often I'll use this app in practice, but it's great that this feature has been added, and I'm sure some people will get a lot of use out of it. All the best, and please pass on my best wishes to Sean. Hashtag friend of the shed. Gordon from Livingston in Scotland. Thank you, Gordon. Uh, I'm glad you tried it out. Certainly we'll pass on your message to Sean, of course. Um, he listens every day, I promise you. I know he's listening. He, he is hearing all of the feedback, and he's... Been quite taken by all of it. I think he's been quite surprised by the, the amount of outpouring of love for Sean and his shed. Uh, the good news is he will be returning soon. I promise you, he will be soon back on the show. It's not just you don't have to put up with me forever, or not my own anyway. Uh, <laughs> so we'll get Sean back on. Uh, to your point, though, uh, I have been playing around with this since it came out, and uh, one thing I've had happen a couple of times is that uh, the app will crash. You do the route, you, you you walk the route, you do your thing, you, you go to save it, you give it a name and you save it, and then it just crashes out, and it doesn't save the route. That's happened, and it's happened to a couple of friends of mine as well. So that's something to be aware of. But again, and it's really important to say this, Microsoft do say in the notes, this is very much an early feature. It's something they're trying out. It's something new. It is clearly in, in development. So... You know, I think they're kind of putting the the beta in there, you know, and being very clear that this is something that that is very much new. However, they are listening to feedback. And feedback like that comment, for example, you just said there, Gordon, about uh, being able to walk the route and then having to do it again back the way. Is that because the camera, I guess the camera has to see where it's going, right? So if you do the route once, you're facing one direction in order to see what you know, you've walked from, you need to turn around and go back, I guess. But then isn't that the purpose of the whole doing the circle thing and you know, doing the sphere thing? You know, you kind of turn in a circle and you wave the phone around as if you're... I, I imagine I'm like inside a giant ball and I'm painting the inside of it. That's the way I think of it. Um, doesn't that do something? I, I don't know. But it's interesting to see it and it's great and, and I love the fact we're all trying out and uh, seeing our thoughts on it. Um, also, someone who wants to comment on this is uh, Peter who got in touch and actually sent us in this voicemail. Greetings from Robin Hood County to all double tappers and you, Stephen. Hope all is well. Yeah. Sean, can I sign your plaster? (laughs) Anyway, turning to seeing AI, I tried the world feature. I have an iPhone 12 Pro. After an initial play, it gobbled 7% of my battery and my phone got hot. Mm. I'm back to clue, I'm afraid, until... This wonderful feature gets a little more embedded. However, very, very useful indeed. As for the smart speakers, I listen to nearly every episode that David Ward puts out. What a great guy. He does a fantastic job. I've learnt a lot. And finally, to the price increases. Firstly, to Ira. 
I didn't really want to do a cryptic crossword clue. You made a bit of a bin fire of that, but never mind. <laughs> it's a good product, and should I want to use it, I will do so. Envision was a lot easier to follow. I was a life member. I paid for it to get it going. And should they charge for the app, I'm sure that they will reinstate my life membership. I think Jonathan Mosen got the interview about the stream because he used to work for Freedom Scientific. Is that what it's called? Or Humanware. He might have worked for both. I know he worked for one. Anyway, take care, guys. Thanks for all the good shows and look forward to more. From Pete in Robin Hood County, bye for now. Thank you, Peter. Really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, hope all is well in Robin Hood County. We always like your updates. Uh, yeah, the battery thing, that I, I guess is a 12 thing. I mean, I must admit, I haven't had any issues there, at least not that I'm aware of. Uh, I'm using the 13 Mini and I'm finding the battery on it pretty decent. I remember the 12 Mini that Sean has. He always tells me that the battery just, just seems to die fairly regularly on it now. And you kind of wonder if we're going back into the territory of the OS updates are starting to cause problems for the, you know, the, the older devices again. Uh, but at least it's available. I mean, this is one thing. You know, I, I think a lot of people, when they first heard about this new feature on Seeing AI, they thought, oh, it's going to be just for the pros. You know, you're going to need LiDAR for this. And LiDAR does give you additional options. I haven't explored those yet. I will. I'm going to do a, a, a bit of a, have a bit of a play over the weekend with it, and I'll report back with what the additional features are and what the real comparison between the two is, and also the experience and the difference between the two. But when it comes to the fact that it is available on way back to the SE and probably beyond, I mean, anything running iOS 14 onwards, it says, will will work with this. Um, so I think that's good. You know, that, that's good. At least it's there. But if it has an impact like that on battery life, not ideal, but then I suppose it is indoors, right? So it's not like you'd be out and about using it all the time. I suppose that's something. Um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, okay, let's get another email in. This from Paul. Laura reads the emails. Hi to all. With regards to Stephen's feelings of the blind community beta testing products, I completely agree. I also wonder how many blind people are involved or included when developing these products. The RNIB Talking Radio is a prime example of a product not fit for purpose. I often get the impression that people design products for what they think we want rather than talking to the community to see what we actually need. I do understand we are a diverse group of guys and gals, but most of the time we just want a simple product that does the job and consistently. It is the reason why I tend to only buy Apple goodies. I never have to wonder if the item is going to be accessible or not. Straight out of the box, they just work. I was umming and erring as to whether I should buy an ARX headset or the Envision glasses, so I downloaded the apps in both cases. Compared to Seeing AI, they are both poor and inconsistent. Seeing AI is a lot better and gives really good results, with the new World Channel as well. It is an amazing app. Ira would have been the only reason for me to purchase one of these products, but with the price rise for the service, which I'm sure is needed, I guess it is all just too expensive for me now. Now, Stephen, the man of many machines. <laughs> I have a 2014 Mac Mini, and it is getting sluggish. Would it be better to get a new Mac Mini for £650, or spend the same amount on a Windows 11 laptop? I'm a light user, no audio or video editing, etc. I like the idea of the Mac Mini as my iPhone would sync up nicely. However, I am hearing no end of good things about Microsoft and the accessibility improvements. Would really appreciate your thoughts. Laura, thank you for reading out the emails. You're amazing. Paul from Ripley. <laughs> One day she'll respond, I promise. One day she'll say something. Um... But she doesn't respond. She's such a professional. Um, yeah, thank you to Laura for reading the email. Thank you, Paul, for sending that email in. Okay, I am going to dive straight into your question about the computers. Um, okay, look, I, th I think the first thing we have to say is, and, and speaking directly to you on this, it does depend on what you are most comfortable with in terms of accessibility, okay? So I'm going to take the assumption or make the assumption here that you're fairly comfortable using either system. Okay, that's why you're looking into it. You're not thinking, oh, I'd have to go and learn JAWS or I have to go and learn Narrator or whatever else. My day-to-day -day machine is a PC. I use a PC every day. And that is because I find with the screen reader and my, my screen reader of choice is JAWS, I just feel so much more in control of my system. You know, I often say a Mac is a great tool to do a lot of great things, but a PC is there to get the job done. 
And when you're in a hurry, when you're in a deadline, when you're working on stuff that you really want to get done and get pushed out and get away, you know, I need to know that I'm, you know, when I'm arrowing up and down on a list, what is being read back to me is actually where I am on the list. You know, that kind of thing. I need that kind of information. So for me, I think that the accuracy um, of the PC is, is better. Is it perfect? No. In terms of Windows and accessibility more generally, I think they've done a heck of a lot of work. And, you know, if you're starting with something like Narrator, you're going to get a lot further than you would have done in the past. Remember, of course, you have another option. You've got NVDA, so you've got other ways you can use the system. And all of that is speedy, it's fast, and any PC, pretty much anything in the, I'd say if you're looking in terms of just price, £500, say $700 upwards, is probably where you want to pitch yourself at. On the Mac side of things, what I would say to you is the M2 Mac minis are going to be stunning. They are just going to be fantastic. And they have a good price. I mean, the entry level I paid in the UK was $699. And in, in the UK today, the new version is $650 for the base level Mac mini. But I wouldn't overlook, and this is where I might land with you, I think if you were looking at Mac, I wouldn't overlook the M1 Mac mini. Now, it's not available on Apple or from Apple anymore. But if you're not needing all of the power of M2, I think you'd be more than happy with an M1. And you, I saw one on Amazon the other day for 599 which is a great price for what it is. And I think that would be enough for most people. I don't think you would need any more than that. I mean, I don't have a need for an M2, really. The only thing I have an issue with is, is render times on Final Cut. That's very specific to me, right? I need these videos to be turned out pretty quickly, and, and they're big, chunky videos. But I need to turn them out quick, and that's when you need the power of something like an M2 Pro, or that kind of processor. But if you're doing Word documents, email, web browsing, base level Mac Mini M1, if you can get a hold of one at a decent price, even secondhand renewed and maybe pay a bit less, I would seriously consider that as an option. You'd be very happy with that. And on the PC side, I often recommend people look at, in terms of laptops, Dell Inspiron, I think is very good. Lenovo ThinkPads, if you can get them at a decent price, but they are often quite expensive to buy. I don't tend to recommend the idea pads from Lenovo. I think they're a little bit cheap, more cheaper made. Uh, I don't think they're quite as good either. Uh, they're good machines. They're okay, but they are base level, entry level machines. They're not. And when you add a screen reader to them, you do get a bit, you know, again, it depends on the processor that's in it and all of that stuff. But generally, I think you've got to pay a little bit more, just a little bit more. So Dell Inspiron, very good. I recommend them highly. Um, I mean, HP, Asus, Acer, they all provide excellent options for computers. Microsoft products themselves are very good as well. I personally, I'm not a lover of the Surface Pros because I just don't like this design. I find the kickstand thing and the weird wobbly keyboard, I just find it all a bit strange. Um, and in terms of desktops on the PC side, there isn't a lot to choose from these days. A lot of all-in-one options, but the all-in-one options aren't particularly powerful, I've noticed that issue quite a lot. That's come up a few times. So there's a lot of options out there. Uh, and if you do have any specific queries, if there's anything specific you're looking at and you think, hey, I'd like to you know, run it past, then just send it, send it in and we'll talk about it. We can do this together. And you know, everyone else can jump in with their thoughts as well. What should Paul go for? But that would be my recommendation. That's just my thoughts. You don't have to buy the top end of everything. You really don't. Uh, especially in your use case, I don't think, Paul, you would need it. Um, right, look, we've got uh, just about time left. Let's get um, let's get another email in. This is from Frank. Uh, Laura reads this. Hi, all. Firstly, Sean, I know how you feel. It is embarrassing and painful when one falls, even if it is not due to the ice and snow. I have had a replacement hip for over 10 years because of a fall, but you just get over it. Now, for our flowerpot man, all I can say is flobblob little weed. Weed? After today's episode about Twitter, I am now even more confused about social media. I've tried Facebook, but for some unknown reason I keep getting shut out, so I stopped using it. Now I'm in a quandary on what social media to use. I say things as I see them and sometimes that gets me into hot water, so I don't want to start using social media and getting shut out for something I've said. There are that many different thoughts about which media to use I've given up, but now I feel that I'm missing out on something. What do I do? Stay in the dark or try and find out what there is out there in the world of social media for a blind senior like myself. Regards, keep up the good work. Frank, fan of The Shed. 
Ah, oh, thank you, Frank. Uh, yeah, well, look, with, with two minutes to go, there's not a lot I can really say other than avoid social media if you're someone who says exactly what you think. <laughs> Fortunately, it's not the kind of place that seems to welcome itself uh, or make itself uh, welcoming to um, to stark views. Although it will bet, you know, the system wants you to do that. I think that, that, that Twitter and Facebook, they want you to do that. Um, but you might not like the results from your point of view. Uh, of course, there is Mastodon as well. I have to say, a lot of people, I uh, maybe because they're on Mastodon, I'm not hearing, but it feels like so many people have just disappeared because they've gone to that platform. And it, I don't know how closed in it is or how welcoming it is to other people these days. I still don't fully get it. I don't know if it would ever be a place for me. It doesn't seem to be the kind of thing that lends itself well to the kind of Twitter equivalent. It's not an equivalent, as far as I'm concerned. Um, some people might like it because it's a silo and it, that's what it is. It really is. It's a silo. It's a world of its own. You could argue Twitter is too, but the difference is Twitter lets other voices in and you'll say something out in public and anybody in the world could see it potentially. That doesn't seem to be the case with Mastodon. And Facebook, no one ever seems to mention Facebook, you know, it just seems to be a bit of a kind of, I don't know, a bit of a kind of whatever, you know, old fuddy-duddy thing. Maybe that's where we go. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it is difficult to pick, you know, and they, they are toxic places. So choose wisely or not at all. That might be the best choice of all, actually. Uh, listen, I'm almost out of time. Thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate your time. Thanks to Mark as well for joining me to talk all about the wonderful world that is Samsung. We'll be back uh, covering, of course, more of the wonderful world of Samsung Unpacked when they have their next event, whenever that is. So stick around for that. We'll have all that coming up on the next Double Tap. For now, though, that's it from me. Just a reminder, feedback at doubletaponair.com is our email address. one 803 4567 is the number to call for our listener line. And we'll catch you with human wear on tomorrow. Join us for that right back here on Double Tap tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at AMI.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hadjar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.